Everything you know about health is about to change. Welcome to Straight Talk on Health with Dr. Vincent Medici. Sometimes people suffer, not from lack of faith, but from lack of knowledge. This is the show that changes that. If you are tired of being sick, tired of not getting answers, tired of spinning in circles, for healing is not a mystery. It is a miracle that you were designed to experience. It takes hard work and real knowledge. It takes patience and time. It takes the education this show can provide. So get it straight today. Here's Dr. Medici. Good morning. I'm Dr. Vincent Medici. The inside track. I'm about to give you the inside track today. But first, I got a bone to pick, not unlike me. Where were you today? I just got out of the water. I was the only person in the water. Me, a sand shark, a stingray, and a leopard shark, and about 30 scuba divers. Where were you? What is this? Starbucks is jammed. There's no one at the beach. I don't get it. This is why we're in Orange County. We're why, this is why we're in California. For me, forget Kansas. I'm not going to be there. I ain't moving to Kansas. I got to be on a coast, even if it's Alaska. All right, today's show, seven things you must know about cancer. On this bright and sunny day, I got to hit you with it. All right, you can handle it. Seven things you must know about cancer that you can't learn from YouTube. So great. Do your Google search. Do your YouTube search. Do your Rumble search. Do your DuckDuckGo search. But you're not going to get any of this. You can't do it. It isn't there. Today's show, seven things you must know about cancer. And then I've got some big announcements. All right. Number one, when you get the diagnosis, that terrible day, you have to find out your five-year survival rate. You have to tell your pathologist, hi, patho- hi, oncologist, what is my five-year survival rate for this cancer after you've looked at the biopsy and everything else? I need to know what's going on. Doctors don't want to tell you this. They will not tell you this if they even know it themselves. It's called the five-year survival rate. You can look it up yourself and then get all confused about it. And then take your confusion to your oncologist and say, what is my five-year survival rate? That means how many people that have it are going to be alive after five years. Now, why do they pick five years? Isn't there a 10-year survival rate, a 20-year survival rate, a one-year survival rate? Of course there is. But somehow it seems... That after five years, if you don't get it back, you're never going to get it back. Now, that's not a blanket statement. It's not 100% true. But it appears with many cancers, most cancers even, after five years, if it didn't come back, it ain't ever coming back. So the five-year survival rate has been kind of like the number you want to know. But that's where the sneaky part begins, because a lot of your oncologists will tell you the one-year survival rate. So you'll go in, you'll get your chemo, you'll get your radiation, or you get your surgery, or you get your radiation and your surgery, or your chemo and your surgery, or this or that or the other thing, and then they'll tell you, if you ask them your survival rate, 
because you didn't ask them your five-year survival rate. And even if you did, they'll tell you the one-year survival rate. And they'll go, oh, 90%. And then when you finally find out the five-year survival rate, it was 50%. Now, are they lying? Is your oncologist a mean person that wants to deceive you? Is the AMA just a mean bunch of people that want to deceive you? No. The answer is no. Your medical doctor is under the control of his board of supervisors. It's called the standard of care. And it exists both statistically and also in terms of the way they treat you, what the attitude is, prevailing attitude. And the prevailing attitude is... Whether you have one day to live or a thousand days to live, as long as you're complying with therapy, their therapy, the only therapy, then why should you get bad news? That's the way they think. That's the way the, the, way the bedside manner tends to work. It tends to be, look, you can't fight it. You got it. Just do what we think is best. And after that, well, why should we give you any bad news? So they don't. Unless you pin them up against a wall and ask them with very specific questions that are designed by somebody that knows how to ask the questions. And that's not you. You're not in that club. So you're kept in the dark. Now, why is this good and bad? Well, if you didn't get the five-year survival rate after you got the surgery and you started the chemo and the whole... If you didn't get that and you were just John Q. Naive Public... See how nice today I'm being? I'm being so nice, right? I'm saying naive, innocent, open to learning, but you just haven't been informed yet. Like, it's not all over. You, you can dig this stuff out, but you didn't because you're innocent or naive. If that's the way you are and you just go back to your life, like they tell you, go back to your life. We cut out the tumor, we gave you the chemo, you did everything you were supposed to do, congratulations, and just go back to your life and don't worry about it. If that's who you are, which is who most people are, going back to doing the same things that gave them cancer in the first place, if that's who you are, then maybe it's better that you don't know that in five years there's a 50% chance you'll be dead. Or in three year, or in five years, there's a 30% chance you'll be dead. Or in five years, there's an 80% chance you'll be dead. If you're just John Q. Public, maybe it's better you don't know. Now, you got to sit on that. And you got to hear the show again, because I'm going to say a lot of stuff over the next 25 minutes. Some of it's tough to hear, especially if you've been diagnosed, if you have a loved one diagnosed. My God, it just rips your guts out. But we got to deal intelligently. So if you were just John Q. Public, naive, and your five-year survival rate was 50%, meaning half of the population that got what you got is alive in five years if you do the standard therapy, the other half finds metastasis and you're dead. And there was nothing else to do. There was no other way to change those statistics. Those statistics are immutable. Dr. Fauci says that's the law. Then maybe it's better you don't know. 
And that's the way they look at it. The problem is on the assumption that you can't go back, change your lifestyle to improve outcome, to affect the prospect of metastasis. Studies were done. No, studies are not done. There's no money in it for this. There's trillions of dollars available for this information. Anyone that wants to do a study never gets the money. Now, that's a problem and a discussion I'm not doing in this show today. This show is on the seven things you must know about cancer that you can't learn from YouTube. That's one of them. You ain't going to get the facts and the truth from your oncologist in this regard for what is really just benevolence and love and the standard of care. So your 45-year-old oncologist still wet behind his ears, okay, isn't going to know or pursue any of the truth behind this unless you press for it or look it up yourself. All right, enough said on that one. Now, there is a seminar on June 5th at one of the local hotels. I'm limiting it to 60 people. I still have openings. Call the office. 714-850-1007. I have two people signing up. No more than 60. And that's what we're going to do. Because I'm doing this seminar so close to my own heart. I lost my mother to this tragically many years ago. The seven things, but the seminar is not on the seven things. The seminar is eight hours of this kind of pace, all of which is audio visually recorded. So if that blows your dress up, then go for it. Give it a call. Now, number two. Cancer builds a fortress around itself. Once a tumor starts growing, it builds a fortress. It impregnates itself. You know, like a moat in a castle and all the horrible invaders charge the castle. But there's this moat in it. And in the moat are crocodiles. And you are on the inside of the moat in the castle underneath thick stone. And you're like laughing at these dummies that are trying to invade the castle to attack. That's what cancer does. It creates an ecosystem inside itself that blocks you from the outside. So your body can't Get in there. It can't get in there. Your immune system can't attack. What do I mean it builds a moat? Does it dig a water source and throw crocodiles in your intercellular fluid? No. Number one, cancer, a tumor floating around in your brain, floating around in your kidney, floating around in your liver, floating around in your lung, floating around in your pancreas, floating around in your intestines, floating around in whatever. It weaves what you call a biofilm around it. It's a mucopolysaccharide sack of snot. It's a thick, greasy layer that nothing gets through. And cancer lives inside that. 
And when your immune system goes by, cancer just, the tumor just laughs. So one, it builds a biofilm, which is how you define the fortress. Number two, cancer lays down all sorts of chemicals like endothelial growth factor that builds the vascularity. It builds its own highway system. Cancer is a big pig. It eats sugar, and lately we understand it loves the amino acid glutamine. That's fried, uh, Thomas Seifried's work at a Boston University. Cancer's a sugar pig. We've known this for a long, long time. So how do you get the sugar in? Well, you got to eat the sugar. Hint, hint, get off sugar. But that's not the point. The point right now is to get the nutrients it needs to build itself so fast, it releases endothelial growth factor and a whole bunch of other things to increase vascularity. Don't you wish you could do that to your muscles? Men, don't you wish you could do that to the blood supply to the genital? Don't you wish you could flood any part of your body you want to grow with blood? Well, that's what cancer does. Inside a cocoon. This is what I mean by it builds a fortress that walls the tumor off to the outside. So one is this biofilm, the other two is it increases vascular. Number three, it controls its pH. It inside this, this fortress controls its pH. You know, this, this naivete, I'll call it. Cancer cannot live in an alkaline environment. Therefore, I suck down alkaline water. And therefore, I do all these things to alkalize. And then these people are like, well, why didn't my tumor go away? And the scientists are like, you know, you got to stop those Google searches and really learn the inside track. Cancer inside this biofilm makes sure its internal environment is acidic. Cancer grows better anaerobically. It can grow aerobically, too. It can grow with oxygen, but it grows better without oxygen, so to speak, as a byproduct of a different form of making its energy cold without sugar energy making, anaerobic glycolysis. So let's skip the big terms. It doesn't need oxygen. So it grows nicely in an oxygen-deficient environment. Because it's learned to take sugar and in oxygen deficiency, shift to a non-oxygen sugar-eating metabolism called anaerobic glycolysis, and that's how the tumor gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Pretty nifty. Except, well, when you run uphill for 10, 15 minutes and your muscles are tired and you're out of sugar, or better yet, you're out of oxygen because you can't get enough in, your muscles shift to a non-sugar eating, a non-oxygen eating metabolism called, without oxygen eating metabolism called anaerobic glycolysis. That's what makes lactate or lactic acid. So the body's equipped to do this. Your muscles are doing this all the time. 
What the tumor does is it encases itself. So all this mumbo-jumbo about changing the acidifying to an alkalizing internal environment inside the tumor, this is a joke. It doesn't work that way. It's a myth. It's what you must know about cancer. So cancer loves sugar, and it loves or it does just fine in an acidic environment, which is what happens when you make lactic acid because you're eating sugar in a non-oxygen environment. This is all going inside there. It doesn't really need your stupid oxygen. It really needs your Milky Ways. It really needs sugar. Yes, carbs are sugar. Potatoes are sugar. Whole wheat grains are sugar. Lots of things are sugar. It's why one of the things you do is move to a ketogenic approach. But that has ramifications. There's nuances to this. Not getting cancer is not a cookbook. Eliminating a tumor, mitigating the growth of it, making sure it doesn't metastasize is not a cookbook. You don't get it from Google searches. Sorry. Had to tell you. It's good you do your Google searches. It's good you do your YouTube searches. It's good you're intelligent. It's good you want to take matters into your own hands. It's bad. It's bad to train in some stupid martial arts dojo in your neighborhood and then decide you're going to go into the hood. It's stupid. Okay, it's not stupid. It's naive. It's naive to take a few courses in hunting and to go out into the wilderness of Alaska around grizzly bears. you got to really know what you're doing. So my point is, learn by your Google searches, but then learn more deeply. You may not trust this, but it's the main reason I do these seminars. Get on the inside. Get really educated. Learn what that is in relationship to your health. It ain't a supplement, and it isn't a couple of YouTube clips. It's about piecing it together until you get fundamental concepts, and then you use that to have a sense of how to approach your health. This is a very novel thing. It isn't anywhere. Here's number three. We don't make cancer cells every day. This is this nonsense that's out there. You know, half the people that write these articles are just like, you know, stay home. They're just like, kind of like people that just write articles. They don't really work with this stuff. They write an article and Vanity Fair picks it up. You got to be careful about what you read out there. What are the sources? Does it come from empiric experience, meeting somebody that doesn't have great degrees but really works with this stuff? Does it have come from someone that really gets the deep, deep research, then puts it to work? Does it, someone that's, does it come from someone that's highly credentialed, that studies cancer in a lab, that plays around with the variables? Or does it come from some guy named Joe that's got his own podcast? You got to source your stuff. Okay, fine, you know that. All right, so know this. If you're into alternative health and you're of the opinion that we make cancer cells every day, 
and our immune system gets them, but for some reason yours doesn't. you got to qualify that statement. The qualification is when cells replicate. They have to replicate their DNA sequences. And when you replicate your DNA sequence to build another cell, because cells die and cells need to be made, like your skin, like the inside of your intestines, when this is occurring... And you have to take a nucleotide sequence, you know, A, G, T, A, 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 adenine, guanine, cytosine, so on and so forth. If you're hip to any of that stuff, which you should be. When those cells have to replicate the DNA sequences to make more cells, there's a million opportunities for mistakes. We call those mistakes in the sequencing mutations. There's tons of different types of mutations. Like the mutation you were born with. Like if you're BRCA1, BRCA2 positive. BRCA1 or 2 positive. Like something we can assay in you to know that you were just born with a mutation which puts you at higher risk for cancer. But that aside, in the regular course of no mutations and just a highly repetitive, a high replication that you're normally without congenital mutation, just in the normal course of life, constantly making new cells and replicating your DNA sequences, there's many, many mistakes that are made normally, all of which are corrected normally. That's not making cancer that's setting you up to potentially have cancer. Cancer occurs when those mutations in the replicating sequences, cancer occurs when those mutations alter growth cycles or replication patterns and trigger a replication pattern that doesn't know how to turn itself off. So this really popular sort of like line that we make cancer cells every day. That isn't true. What's true is there are replication patterns that are closely guarded against and sometimes those replication patterns get the upper hand. Before that, you're not making cancer. But if those mutations in the replication patterns don't get corrected, this can start to interrupt the cell cycle, the growth cycle, and you start to move from dysplasia, meaning your cells look weird, to really weird, to what we call anaplasia. Anaplasia is when the cell reproductive pattern starts going insane. You start making too many cells that are weird looking and a pathologist gets called in with an electron microscope off a biopsy and boom, that pathologist sees something ugly looking and says this looks like anaplasia or a tumor. That's how it works. Long before that, people are running around going, you make cancer cells every day. Wrong. All right, I know your wheels are turning. I know you know you're not learning this on YouTube. I know you're not learning this talking to your oncologist. That's why you have to get educated. 
Number four. Cancer hunts for people who have no reason to be alive and who live in sympathetic dominance. Cancer looks for If I ran the National Institute of Health, I would put a lot of money into people who would research this to get it to the public. I really would. I wouldn't do the research myself. This doesn't interest me. But I can tell you corollary to being around a lot of people that died of bad cancer, including my mother. It hits you when you have no reason to be alive anymore. It hits you when you feel like you're so far under the ice that you're looking up and all you can see is just a glimpse of the sunlight. It hits you when you get to be 50 or 60 and you feel like you're really just the walking dead. It hits you when things are so bad you have no hope. That's what cancer looks for. And the travesty of scientific inquiry is science says, yes, but there are no studies to suggest that, to support that. Thus, we're not going to tell the boys in oncology to tell you that. We're not going to tell you preventative care doctors at Kaiser to ask you, how are you feeling internally? Are you feeling like death since your divorce? Are you feeling like you don't want to get up in the morning since your divorce, since you lost your job, since you're now impotent and can't please your wife? Are you feeling all of these things? Because if you are, and this goes on too long, you could be vulnerable to a, a further attack from something as bad as cancer. You see, no doctor's told to ask questions like that. And the reason is, there's no research to support it. And the reason is, no one's going to pay anybody to do it. That's why I tell you, come and go to places where you can get the inside track on this. And I'm telling you right now, if you feel that way, you're vulnerable. Yes, thank you, Dr. Medici. One more thing I have to worry about now. What do you do? What do you do? Do you use the truth to get ahead? Or do you run from the truth because it's just too ugly to hear and you're caving in anyway? Don't listen to the show then. And lots of people don't, and lots of people do. And I have one minute, and I only got to number four. Hey, listen, real quick. June 5th, the seminar on cancer. I gave you a little appetizer. I didn't even get to seven. Maybe I'll do part two next week. That aside, I'm now connected to a yoga studio, a gorgeous studio, where I'm teaching yoga to select groups who need to really learn how to do it. It's the book on everything. It's straight talk. I'll see you next week. Okay, that's a wrap. Don't forget to get to Dr. Medici's website at drmedici.com to look at the pictures and review the show as often as you wish. See you next week.